the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends, and thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Can you feel it yet? The Advent Christmas season is literally just around the corner, whether we realize it or even whether we're ready for it. The last Sunday in November kicks off a four-week season that's geared to helping us prepare for what we now call Christmas. I can almost feel the tension in the air, the anxiety anticipating all the preparation ahead for what's coming on those two very significant days, December 24th and 25th, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So I've decided to provide a prequel for us all today, a kind of advanced look at this curious time we call Advent as a way of helping us prepare our soul and spirit so we don't get sucked into the fake version of Christmas or, to utilize a common expression these days, fake news about Christmas. Friends, since I was raised in a mainline denomination, I truly gained an appreciation for the calendar of the Christian year. I'm guessing that most people brought up in the more mainline church denominations were also raised and went through life being very aware of, and being very much a part of the seasons of Advent, Christmas, Lent, Passion Week, Easter, or as I prefer to say now, Resurrection Day, as well as other key dates throughout the year we all celebrated in church. And so today, a season that is close to my heart, and perhaps close to some of yours, and one which is right around the corner, is the event that kicks off the Christmas season of the Christian calendar, Advent. You know, that four-week period before Christmas? Now, before you speak up that the word or concept of Advent isn't in the Bible, I'd like us all to know that it actually is, and the idea of preparing for the first coming of Jesus, anticipating him or expecting him, is captured in the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament, if you will. So, friends, my title for today's prequel is Ready, Set, Christmas! 
And we'll lay our foundation in the Old Testament book of the prophet Malachi. In chapter 3, 1, and chapter 4, 5, and 6, we read these amazing words. Now keep in mind that this is almost 450 years before Jesus is born. And this is the Lord God, Yahweh, speaking through Malachi. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction." Did you hear the word prepare, friends, as in prepare the way before the Lord? Did you also hear that word come, as in then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come? Let's now listen to these words from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, 11 through 17. The angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah and said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. That would be Yohanan in Hebrew, and this is John the Baptist. He, John, will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Did you hear that, friends? To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, to really appreciate the Advent season, we must appreciate the cycle of the Christian year, a teaching tool used by the early church to bring the truths of the birth, life, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ to an undereducated or fundamentally illiterate population, that being the common people in the first century Greco-Roman world, and not the educated religious elite. The common people did not have access to the wealth of books we have now. Without Bibles as we know them, and without the printing press for mass production and distribution, teaching was primarily a one-on-one -on -one or small group endeavor. And, with reference to the spread of Christianity, this was the initial and primary way to transmit spiritual information. We see this in Acts 2, 41-43, 2 Timothy 2, 2, and 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. Apparently, those who accepted and received their Messiah on Pentecost were broken down into smaller groups, as Acts 2, 42 states. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. 
Well, friends, the prophet Malachi's text I read earlier hints at the coming of the Lord when he states, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The Hebrew word here for come means coming or arrival, similar to our English word advent, which is rooted in the Latin word adventus, meaning arrival or to come. Luke's New Testament parallel verses we read reinforce the idea that John the Baptist will become the forerunner of the Lord himself, who will come to his people. And by the way, the Hebrew word for Lord in these passages is the name of God, represented by the four letters Y-H-V-H, sometimes pronounced Yahweh or Yahweh. So, friends, this provides us with the most startling biblical evidence that the Messiah, Jesus, was very God, as, of course, he claimed to be. Now, for Christians, or anyone tired of or plagued by the commercialism and merchandising that has so marred the Western world's celebration of Christmas— season of Advent actually provides us with a key for recapturing the true meaning of Christmas in our individual, family, and even church lives. And I propose that recapturing the real meaning of Christmas is possible by proactively preventing the holiday's spiritual reality from being ripped away from us. So, friends, I'd like to suggest that my three A's of Advent will actually help us all to enjoy this season as it is fast approaching. So, our first A of Advent is the word anticipation. Developing a personal and or corporate sense of anticipation and expectation is the first key to building into our lives an appreciation and a preparation for Christmas. In the first century, when Jesus arrives on the scene, the Jewish people already had a heightened scent of anticipation and expectation in their longing, their hungering for the coming of their promised Messiah. I would almost say they were salivating for him. They could taste it. I mean, really, wouldn't you? If you as a Jew were living under the iron thumb and the continual scrutiny of the Roman government and being oppressed as a people, wouldn't you be salivating for your prophesied Messiah to come and deliver you? You bet you would. So, as Christians, the traditional seasonal hymns such as O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and Come Thou Long Expected Jesus are perfect for sharpening our focus on this initial stage in our Advent journey. And friends, if you're sharing your drive time with me right now, or perhaps listening on a mobile device, or even the podcast, maybe you don't have access to a standard church hymnal. No worries! You can just do an internet search for Christmas hymns and find O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Read over and meditate on these incredible lyrics. Try to picture yourself in those hymns, longing for deliverance from your oppressive circumstances, crying out for help and rescue. Don't tell me, friends, or rail on about how the Judeo-Christian scriptures are irrelevant, or that the season of Christmas is just a myth for little children, but holds no relevant meaning to you as an adult living in the 21st century. Have you not been in a situation that you long to get out of? Have you not cried out for help? 
Have you not sought to make a big change in your life to get yourself away from a toxic, dysfunctional situation or an oppressive environment? Then grasping the true reality of Christmas and its backstory in the Old Testament is perfect for you. In our New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 2, 1 through 6, we find the Jewish religious leaders, I call them the JRL, they're being summoned by King Herod to tell him where this long-expected Jewish Messiah was to be born. Herod asked this in response to the Magi's inquiry. Here's a snippet from Matthew 2, 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then, in Matthew 3, 1 through 3, we hear John the Baptist referring back to the Hebrew prophet Isaiah's words, challenging his audience and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then Matthew chimes in, This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So, friends, taking just a little time to read through the birth narratives of Christmas scriptures in our New Testament, such as Matthew chapter 1 and 2, Luke chapters 1 and 2, and John chapter 1, and pouring over them, meditating on them during the end of November through the month of December, is one great way to immerse our minds and hearts in the truths we hold dear. This affords us an opportunity to proactively and deliberately fill our minds with these great and meaningful truths. There are even a host of Christmas time devotional booklets and books that can be ordered online that you can use weekly to help you. So, friends, this is the first A of Advent, anticipation. Our second A of Advent is arrival. This annual retracing of the cycle of the Christian year, and particularly the Advent season, is a routine that brings great spiritual dividends. It's a subtle but effective way to reinforce some of our long-cherished spiritual truths. Here we can ask ourselves two quintessential questions. Just what does the arrival of our Messiah, Savior, actually mean to us? Just what has Jesus' arrival done to mend the chasm between a holy God and we sinful humans? Ponder these questions, friends, as Christmas time approaches. It will keep you tethered to the real truths and keep you away from the fake truths of the world. Christmas hymns like, O come all ye faithful, joy to the world, and hark the herald angels sing, sharpen our focus on this idea with these meaningful words, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, and peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 and 14, the Apostle John declares these legendary words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Friends, this is John's birth narrative in one sentence. In the Gospel of Luke 2, 10 through 11, we hear these tremendous words, And the angel said to them, 
the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, we've got to peel back the layer of language here, friends, and hear these words as if we were hearing Hebrew, because it would sound like this. There has been born for you a deliverer, a rescuer, who is Messiah, God, meaning Yahweh himself. So, our second A, arrival. Two additional quintessential questions this idea begs us to ask ourselves are these. Just how is Jesus' arrival some 2,000 years ago affecting or impacting my life in the here and now? Or even how do I live the Christmas spirit everyone talks about only during this one season of the year all the time? Well, perhaps rereading and refamiliarizing ourselves with the birth narratives or the now called Christmas scriptures, along with some appropriate Christmas hymns, might help us to focus on Jesus' arrival the first time and then reflect on just what his arrival into the world has meant and is meaning to us on a day to day basis. Well, friends, we've got the first A of Advent anticipation the second A of Advent, Arrival, and now we have the third and final A of Advent, Astonishment. I really love this word, astonishment. It carries with it the meanings of being filled with wonder and being surprised, almost in a startled way. It also includes being amazed, being filled with awe. Just for a moment, friends, imagine that you were a lonely shepherd in first century Israel on that fateful night The angelic choir bursts forth from the night skies and clouds and sang to you personally, and the song's lyrics shouted out the great news of a Messiah deliverer coming just for you. We see this wonderful account in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, 8 through 18. Here Luke tells us in verse 18 that this news evoked wonder from those very shepherds who heard the personal message. Several English translations actually have wonder in the text. Now let me pause here. If you turned in late, listening to a word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom, I want to take a moment to let you know how valuable you are as listeners to a word from the Word. This program is 100% listener-supported. Your financial partnership is essential to help keep this program on the air, which disciples many Christians who lack a church home, as well as those who've been wounded by the institutional church. You can join forces with a word from the Word by emailing me for support details at a word from the word at minister.com that's a word from the word at minister.com this information will be repeated at the end of the broadcast now back to this great word wonder in Luke 2:18 friends this greek word carries in its meaning these wonderful english synonyms amazed astonished marveling wondering surprise Here's a perfect example where we need to put on first century sandals along with those smelly robes of the shepherds. I'll tell you, friends, if I were a lowly shepherd back then, thought by the general public in that society as an outcast and having a dirty, smelly occupation, often viewed as on the lower rung of the ladder, 
I'd be thoroughly amazed that the angels were singing this message to me, to me personally. This glorious song of salvation was being sung to these lowly, despised, and smelly shepherds. Imagine having heard all your life, can anything good come out of a shepherd's field? And then this! Well, something good certainly came out of a shepherd's field that night. You know, friends, I gotta tell you, astonishment still grips people today in a most unusual way. Many people are surprised and astonished to hear that Jesus Christ is God's exclusive Messiah Savior for all people, bar none. Also, people today are astonished to learn that no other Savior or religious leader will do. This is why people today are tolerant of every religion except Christianity. You see, Christianity makes exclusive claims and is therefore criticized as being bigoted, intolerant, and downright snobbish. In theology, this is referred to as the scandal of particularity. What a phrase, right? I love that phrase. It simply means it's a scandal to the human mind that God would choose to reveal himself to the human race at one particular time in history and in or through one particular person, that being Jesus. Phew, that was a mouthful, right? Believe it or not, friends, the Jewish religious leaders in Jesus' day said it first, not in those exact words, of course, but in the prophet Micah chapter 5, verse 2, we find these words, And you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Did you hear that, friends? Out of you, nowhere else, and no one else. Well, that seems pretty exclusive, doesn't it? Later in the New Testament book of Galatians 4.4, 4, the Apostle Paul remarks, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the Jewish law the law of Moses. So friends, perhaps during this Advent Christmas season 2022, for a brief moment in time, we can tune out the fake version, the commercialized and merchandised version of Christmas, and tune in the real version, the version that tells a truly spectacular story through some great Christmas carols like, Come to Bethlehem and see, him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. And joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. How about, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Friends, this is not only the message of Christmas, it is the message of all time. Think about the people in your own circles of relationships and in your spheres of influence. So let's all make a vital contribution to their lives and to their true understanding of the message of Christmas. Let's vow to not settle for the fake news version of this sacred holiday. 
Remember, friends, preparing the way for the Lord also includes preparing other people's way to see and experience the true Lord of Christmas, the Messiah, Savior of the world. After all, isn't this precisely what the Samaritans from the town of Sychar realized when Jesus and his disciples visited the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4? As her conversation evolved, she said, "'Sir, I see that you are a prophet.' Then later, after going into town, she remarked to others, "'Could this be the Messiah?' At the conclusion of the story, when the townspeople came to hear Jesus themselves, they said to the woman, "'We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world.'" Well, friends, we're nearing the end of today's program, which will close out with an email where you may write me and share your feedback. A listener recently wrote in regarding the first segment of my special Thanksgiving installment called Thanksgiving and Love Have Kissed Each Other, aired November 3rd, with this. Good afternoon, Pastor Tom. I listened to your lesson on entering God's covenantal love and pointing to Psalm 100, 4 and 5, particularly God's faithfulness to all generations and that we should come and worship him. I especially like the segment where you talked about not feeling bad when God disciplines us because we're his kids. It helps us to endure hardship as he is stretching our faith muscles. I'm feeling stretched and under pressure all the time. It was a very uplifting message. Thank you. Well, thanks for sharing your thoughts and for being open and transparent. I appreciate that the program lifted you up. Also, as promised, the email where you may inquire about how you can partner with me in this weekly teaching program and financially help to keep a word from the word on the air is a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Thanks to those of you who have already become financial underwriters of A Word from the Word. Your support is truly appreciated. I love coming alongside many of you who do not have a church home or who have been wounded by the institutional church. You can freely access all the podcasts of these programs at faithtalk1360.com. That's faithtalk1360.com. Just search the menu for local program podcasts. Then scroll to A Word from the Word. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember... Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a word from the word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.